Game Changer, episode 11, featuring Chris Hewitt from Mindbloom. Welcome to Game Changer, a series on using gamification to engage employees. Join us as industry experts discuss one of the hottest trends in business today. Using game thinking to engage employees in work, wellness, recruiting, and more. This is a special podcast series by the producers of the top-rated podcast, The Engaging Leader. And now, with nearly 20 years of experience helping engage hundreds of thousands of employees at Fortune 500 companies and other organizations, here's your host, Jesse Leahy. Welcome to the show, Game Changers. This is the show for CEOs, HR executives, and other business leaders to learn about internal gamification. Over the course of this series, you'll hear examples and pitfalls, discover how to assess when it's an appropriate strategy, and learn to evaluate gamification partners and game design ideas. I am Jesse Leahy, and today I'm joined by Chris Hewitt, the founder and executive producer at Mindbloom, a Seattle-based interactive media company with a mission to make life improvement accessible to everyone. Mindbloom offers several game-related products, but perhaps best known is Life Game, which helps people adopt healthy life habits, and then followed by the company's popular mobile apps like Juice, Bloom, and Proof, which inspire people to live the life they want to live while on the go. Chris, welcome to Game Changer. Thank you. Can you tell me the, the history behind Mindbloom? We're a life improvement company that's based in Seattle. Uh, we were founded in 2008. We have about 15 employees. And uh, we've created you know, a suite of web and mobile applications in the life improvement space. Uh, one of them, our first one was called Life Game. The others, Bloom, Juice, and Proof. And uh, to date, we, we have almost about a half million users who are uh, using at least one of our applications. My background prior to Mindbloom was, was really in the game development industry. I uh, spent 10 years uh, working uh, on games for uh, companies such as Disney, uh, Fox Interactive, and Warner Brothers, and uh, also Vivendi Universal, and our focus really was about creating highly cinematic action games. Long story short, I can, you know, we can kind of come back to this, but I really found myself very passionate about leveraging gaming technology and my experiences in that and applying it to uh, personal development. What made you make that leap from games for the sake of entertainment to games for the sake of life change? Well, you know, when I was at the gaming company, uh, again, it was about 10 years, and uh, that industry is very intense. It got to the point where I was pretty consistently putting in 80-hour work weeks. And needless to say, I wasn't doing much in the area of health, you know, managing, uh, I think, my relationships very well. Um, you know, I had passions, you know, playing guitar and music, for example, that I just wasn't getting to. And I really found myself getting completely out of balance. And I, I really hit a, a low point in my life. And through my own personal journey in, you know, reading various books and, and really following through on some of the things that these experts were telling me, um, I was able to, to get myself out of the hole. One of the, probably the most important discoveries for me 
was, you know, I, I had really discovered that I had been living most of my life kind of motivated by fear of failure. And so it really forced me to work really hard. I, I never wanted to fail. Uh, and then when I got to the point where, you know, I can kind of let that go. And instead of being motivated by fear, I could be motivated by a vision of success, a, a vision of a life that I truly desire. And that's what would motivate me each day. And it was really that experience that I think transitioned me into a, a much healthier place. And it was really that experience that so many people are struggling, I think, with work-life balance. And, um, but you know, when it comes to getting help in that area, it, you know, it's typically reading books, you know, attending a seminar, uh, you know, maybe interacting with a, an informational website, you know, and I just, being in the gaming industry, I felt that uh, there could be much more engaging ways for people to improve the quality of their lives. And that was really my, my motivation for, for transitioning out of the gaming industry and into this interactive life improvement space. Oh, that's fascinating. Now, uh, would you say that your products are, you know, there's the sort of spectrum from gamification over to literal games. Yeah. Where where does where does Mindbloom's products fall in that spectrum? Well, we do have multiple applications and each one is different in this area. I will say that probably none of our applications are are actual games. Uh, however, some definitely use more elements of what games tend to uh, rely on than some of the others. So, for example, our first product that we launched is called Life Game. And uh, the whole concept of that product is for people to discover what's most important in their lives, uh, to, to find their motivation, and to, to take small steps each day towards you know, growing. And so we use this visual metaphor of a tree and you grow the tree by picking the areas of life that are important to you, health, relationships, career, for example. And uh, you add inspirational images and music and quotes um, as one form of keeping your tree healthy and green. But also part of it is, is you actually, you know, checking off the actions that you say you want to do each week. And that also keeps your tree healthy and green. So it's got a very visual component that games tend to have. Um, it also does have a points system. In, the, in our product, Life Game, we call them seeds. And these seeds are then used to unlock other content and features within the application. So that, that's one example, one side of the spectrum. And then we have other apps. For example, our Bloom mobile application for iOS uh, almost has no gamification. You know, there's no points. There's no earning of achievements. Um, but what it does do really well is it uses the the mobility of the phone. You know, the fact that people have it on them uh, you know, most of the the day. We can um, therefore give people reminders. Uh, we call them inspirational reminders or blooms. And these go off at certain times of the day that you've set to remind you to drink water, to do push-ups, to practice gratitude. And what's unique about it is it delivers images and music um, to inspire you to actually follow through on that action. So it's not just sending you a text message or an email. It's sending you more visual or audio type reminders. Exactly. 
Now, I will say that, you know, when we, uh, the game company I was at, um, we, we did focus on these very cinematic action game experiences uh, where you might think of a lot of games, you know, they really focus on points and achievements and whatnot. Uh, our games were actually much more about trying to immerse you into almost like a movie. And, you know, like good movies and good books, you know, they, they create an emotional engagement or connection with people. And movies, of course, use images and music to do that. And, and so do so did the games that we did, that we created. And so, you know, I with Bloom, for example, it's all about emotional engagement. You know, we wanted to use these images and the music to, to create something inside of somebody, you know, to, to spark uh, something that gets them to actually follow through. And that's, you know, some might argue that that. That's a gaming element, but it doesn't seem intuitively that way. Mm-hmm. But, but we, I believe it is. In fact, I think we hear a lot about gamification, and I think a lot of them tend to forget about that part of, of what I think good games do, is creating that emotional connection. Yeah, that's right. Now, can you tell us about how Juice works? Yeah, no, absolutely. So... Juice, as we we describe it, is the world's funnest energy tracker. Uh, it, it was designed to, you know, there's obviously a lot of tracking apps out there, you know, where you're tracking your the calories um, that you're eating, and it's just I just find that really tedious. And I think there's a much larger market of people that are wanting to improve their health but don't have the time to track every detail of their day. And so the idea was really to make the tracking much, much simpler because I don't believe it needs to be at that level of detail. It, it, it's a really about building this awareness. Uh, we, we call it you know, connecting the dots between your routine and your, uh, and your energy uh, by tracking, you know, just by tracking them daily, even at a very high level. Um, and by doing that, uh, you're discovering kind of what habits, for example, what general sleep habits, uh, general eating habits, activity levels uh, might be having a big impact on your energy. And so it uses a very visual metaphor as well of, of this kind of juice bottle. And you come in and it, it asks you to rate your energy and you kind of slide your finger along the bottle and the juice, you know, raises to the appropriate level. And then each assessment is just a little five point slider that has really fun visual uh, imagery to um, that represent the, the different levels of sleep and activity and so on and so forth. And that one actually you do earn. This one's kind of a little bit more in between the life game and the bloom as far as the gamification because you do earn some credits um, each week as you uh, get your weekly report on your progress and you can use those credits to unlock additional ingredients. I like the idea of it being a simplified tracker. I have an app on my Mm -hmm. iPhone that I use for tracking food and exercise. Uh, I've been... Blessed with an overactive sweet tooth, so I have to uh, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And and of course, studies show that the that by track logging your food, that uh, you're you you will end up eating healthier. And I have never yeah. been consistent in that. It's always too tedious. But I've recently yeah. gotten back on the 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 bandwagon and said, okay, I'm really going to track this stuff. And yesterday was an example where it just was too much work. Maybe yeah, yeah, maybe because I ate so much that it was too much to log in. <laughs> but also, on uh, I lifted weights on Friday, and I, I thought, well, I wonder how the tracker helps me track this exercise. And yes. uh, because it was doing a good job of helping me track when I went running and so forth. But the weightlifting was 
really tedious, wanted to know how much yes. weight and how many reps. And I just skipped that and I, I sort of entered it in at a real high level. I just, I did it for 40 minutes and I'm done with it. But yes. it wasn't really designed to be that quick and easy to use. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I, I also get motivated at times to use apps like that, but I, I never do simply because of, of the time. Uh, it's hard enough just to get the work out in, let alone, you know, adding <laughs> another 10 or so bits just to track it. I mean, what's beautiful to me is, you know, MindBloom is all about technology and, and art and science and blending those in a way that, you know, really enable people to, to improve the quality of their lives. And, you know, we're not the ones trying to create all this technology. There's great stuff that already exists that we just want to leverage. But I think in the area of like even the weightlifting, I mean, with wireless tech now, I mean, they're going to make it so, you know, picking up that dumbbell and moving it, that it's automatically going to be sending that information to oh, your, you're right. your mobile device. And so all the, I mean, ideally all this tracking is done without you entering anything in. It would be the ideal case. Because it is it is valuable to see your progress. There's nothing. In fact, you know, one of the points about why I think the science of games is really effective in, in kind of these health and wellness applications. Um, one of them is is it's about uh, effectiveness. It's it's getting people to be in this what they call the the flow channel, if you will, where. You know, when you're doing something for the first time, if it's too easy, you get bored. If it's too hard, it's frustrating. And ideally, you're challenging them with just the right level. So they, they feel really effective. And when you get that feedback, you know, say, for example, in your workouts, and you're seeing that you're actually progressing, even by just starting really, really simple. It feels too simple. But when you actually see progress, it's very uh, powerful and motivating. But the key is, is to make it so it's easy to, to get the data. Yes. Now, how about Proof? What's that about? So Proof is our social challenge app. And so this was our attempt at really focusing in on activities that people want social support with. And so what's unique about it is you're capturing a, a photo or a video clip of you actually doing the thing that you said you're going to do. So, for example, you could do, you know, we've actually, I've been doing this, uh, which is a push-up challenge. You know, so they're one-week challenges. You can invite up to 25 people, and uh, you know I can say, all right, uh, you know, let's see if we can do 200 push-ups this week. Um, and then everyone's kind of taking a little video or, or uh, image of themselves each day, ideally, or every other day, and uh, entering in how many push-ups they do. So it's just a great social way for, for people to follow through on the things that they want to do. Now, that's interesting. Now... You've been around since 2008, certainly mm -hmm. at the front end of the whole gamification growing trend, and you're already up mm -hmm. to 500,000 users, which is pretty amazing. H how much of that is through employer groups versus direct-to-consumers? Our company is primarily focused on you know, a direct-to-consumer business, uh, however, in this uh, over these past couple of years, we have been contacted by large health insurance companies, uh, for example, Aetna, and uh, we've been working also with Primera most recently, where they're very interested in obviously increasing engagement in, in health and wellness programs. Uh, their employer, you know, that their clients, employer groups, uh, are reaching out, you know, to them saying, hey, help us out here. And so we 
have been, you know, with Aetna, we did the Life Game launch in Bloom application launch with them, and then they did promote this to uh, a lot of their members. So that we we definitely acquired users through there, and then also with um, Premiere most recently. Um, we've actually been creating these new mobile applications, Juice and Proof, and uh, a few others are in the works where also uh, they were going to be promoted to their membership as well. And a lot of it has probably mostly come from word of mouth. You know, even when a, a member of, you know, an employer group starts to use our product, you know, there are ways for you to invite others, you know, share the application to people that are outside of the, you know, their company and their employer group. Uh, and that's where we, we've gotten a lot of growth. Now, over that period of time, I'm sure you have anecdotal stories of the difference that it's made in people's lives, but do you also have any data that sort of helps make the business case? When you compare our applications to the previous kind of health and wellness applications that they are promoting internally uh, to, you know, through, to their members, uh, we definitely were getting at least a 200 to 300% improvement in the ability to acquire users, you know, to get them to actually register for something and then to actually engage in it and to stay engaged. So in general, we, we definitely got um, a much improved engagement level than they, that they were used to. Um, now, I can quote some specific metrics around some of our experience that we had with, with our original Life Game product. Um, because we were developing it and had a pretty significantly long beta program, there was a point where our Life Game had a, a bunch of users where we still had yet to implement any of the kind of points and, and achievements that you can earn today in today's version. Mm-hmm. So what happens is when someone uses the life game, you know, they of course choose the areas where they want to focus and then they, they add actions, you know, like drink water or, you know, practice gratitude, uh, you know, call a close friend once a week. And then they set their intentions for the week. You know, this is what I'm going to do this week. And then whether they did them or not is, is what we called kind of this percent completion rate. And um, prior to us adding in the game points and the achievements, we were getting about a 50 to 60% achievement rate on people, of course, self-reporting that they you know, did the things that they said that they were going to do that week. Um, and then after we did a major update and added in all the uh, extra game-like features, we increased that 50 to 60% completion rate to over almost 80 to 90%. And that really was a true testament for us that, you know, adding these these elements of fun uh, obviously is going to improve the engagement of a product. Now, that may not – I also don't believe, though, that you can just add points and badges to any product and then it's going to get better. I mean, it needs to work in the context of what the product is. And in the life game, it, it made a lot of sense. Other apps, less so. And 80 to 90% achievement rate, is that just sort of in the first – few weeks when it seems really cool and exciting and new or what's what's the experience like over time like any product you know any game that we use uh play it it can get old after a while and and that was something that was actually a big kind of revelation for us i think we we maybe knew it intuitively uh but we it was something hard to uh come to grips with you know when you're obviously investing a lot of time and money into a certain product um, and, and it really forced a shift in, in what we're doing, which is 
Mindbloom is really creating this platform, life improvement platform experience that integrates with lots of different types of applications. Some of them will be ones that we've created and some will be ones that others have created because there's a lot of great applications out there. Knowing that people are going to use something for a while, be effective at it, but that there's something new and better that comes out that they can then transition over to and, and be utilizing that. Uh, you know, it's unrealistic to think that you're going to create the one product that's going to appeal to everybody and, and then they're going to use for the rest of their life. It's just, it's just not going to happen. So, yes, people will use the product for a while and be successful, but, you know, then it, gets, it just gets old and, and so they want to move on to something new. And so our goal is to always be able to offer up new applications and experiences, again, ones that we create and ones that others create um, that can keep people on the path of, you know, actually following through on the things that they say they want to do. Well, I like that integration. It seems like it would be helpful. I had a an app that I was using to record my weights, for example, and I liked it, but that's all it did. And it was totally disconnected from, let's say, Facebook mm-hmm. or Twitter, people that I might want to share progress with. It was disconnected yes. from the, the food tracker that I had mentioned to you. So it it definitely pulled me away yeah, from that exactly. to have a more integrated experience. Yeah. I mean, it's, to me, that's one of the probably better use cases is exactly that, that, you know, if, if I'm using these applications over here and I've found great value in them, but, you know, it's getting old and, and I now have maybe via Mindbloom have discovered some other applications, uh, it'd be great that when I got on those other applications that I already had, you know, the right kind of information that made onboarding into that app experience much simpler. Now, can you give us a sense for what these programs cost? Well, for us, you know, we we develop these applications with the partners like Aetna and Primera. And by doing that, they are free to the employer groups for those insurance companies. So, for example, the Life Game and the Bloom applications are free to be used uh, by any employer group that works with Aetna. And the benefits being that uh, for the employer groups, you know, using these applications is that um, because they're a member of Aetna, they can get some of the premium content um, features for free. Uh, where regular consumers would either have to earn it, you know, as they go um, or purchase it. Oh, and then for Primera, you know, with Juice and Proof, uh, those applications are free to use by the employer groups as well. There is the possibility of Mindbloom doing some real custom integration with employer groups, but it would have to be at a size where it would make sense for us. But we're really trying to create experiences that are much, much simpler for consumers to use as well as really any employer group to just leverage. And how does Mindbloom and, and the related apps compare with other solutions that are available in the marketplace? Do you know what's unique about it or any pros or cons? Yeah, absolutely. You know, where Mindbloom, I think, differentiates is that we take a very holistic approach. You know, we really look at all the different areas of life. There's a lot of companies, products that tend to really focus in on just the health, uh, where we really like to look at all areas of life. And there's already been studies that have shown that, you know, your quality of your relationships or your how effective you're being in your career or your financial stress can have a very significant impact on your ability to follow through on your health goals. And so... I've always, you know, again, back to the, the beginning of the story, you know, for me, it was that life balance that completely got out of whack. And um, 
And so that really is a big thing for MindBloom is, is to take a very holistic approach. The other one is our focus or emphasis on intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a lot of sites, you know, that use the financial rewards as the form of motivation or, um, you know, other, other methods that are, um, that fall into that category. You know, we really believe in, and again, I think the science has shown that, uh, that the studies, you know, a lot of these experts in the field uh, really believe that you, you got to have that internal passion and, and, and desire uh, for something for you to actually follow through on it. Uh, that the short term, you know, kind of cash rewards, you know, can be more effective possibly on getting you started, but you quickly fall off. And because I think that internal fire isn't really there. And so, you know, what we try to do in some of our products, the ones where it makes most sense, you know, like Bloom and Life Game, is getting people to really kind of capture via images and quotes um, that represents the reason why someone wants to improve in their health or their relationships or their career and and that really being the long-term motivator the other i think real wake-up call for for us as as a company and um this was said by bj fogg who's a behavioral expert out of stanford he says you know don't motivate behavior change facilitate behavior change and i think that was a really uh, it's, it's been a great message. It's something that we have on our walls in our office. Huh. Yeah, I mean, the reality is, is there's a lot of people out there, employer groups, that just straight up aren't in a mental space, uh, in, a, in a life state where they're motivated. And there's almost nothing you can really do about that unless, you know, some kind of eureka type moment happens for them that is almost a very difficult thing to try to design a mobile app to, to cause. But, you know, we really want to create experiences that facilitate that behavior change, that when someone is ready to do something, that we can make it as fun, simple, and effective as possible for them to actually achieve it. So, you know, we incorporate that in now and into our designs, and, and, uh, and I think that's also a key differentiator for us. Yeah, that fog model is basically talking about how you want to understand, are people already motivated to do something? If so, then the tactics that you would use are different than if they aren't motivated. For example, if they just are missing the spark or they're missing some of the capabilities of doing that. So you, I guess, mind bloom is coming from the, the side that people want to improve in these areas. They're already motivated and we just need to make it easier for them. Yeah, yeah. BJ's model says that you have to have three things ha- at once simultaneously. You have to have some motivation, and you have to have a trigger, something that reminds you to actually do the behavior, and then you need to have the ability. Chris, do you have any tips for employer groups on how to be successful leveraging health and wellness applications within their organizations? I do. The executive team for a company really has to lead by example. Not only do they need to be, you know, really doing this, you know, using these applications, uh, but it also really should be like a top five strategic initiative for a company that they want to truly be a healthy and productive employee base. And so what that means then is that, you know, the executives needs to really champion and promote, you know, with the employees, a corporate culture that 
truly adapts to supporting a healthy lifestyle, which might mean, you know, not only are you implementing these, you know, maybe these mobile applications and web application experiences and, and doing, you know, maybe quarterly challenges or whatnot. But, you know, you need to set up the infrastructure. Having snack machines, you know, soda machines isn't obviously sending the right message. I and mean, it just makes it too easy for people to, to not be healthy. And then also, just because, you know, you have an employee base that you can, you know, send an email blast out to, it doesn't mean that, you know, you can send out one notification that, hey, here's this new program that we're going to do. You know, it, it really needs to be heavily promoted, like any marketing of a product into the consumer space. It might even be more challenging within a company just because there's a little bit of maybe skepticism, uh, you know, depending on the corporate culture. But uh, there needs to really be this example set from the top, you know, the whole company really set up to, to really promote healthy behavior and then just to do continuous promotions and communications. I think that's a good point. A lot of, let's say, CEOs or other executives might hear that and say, gosh, like one more thing I have to squeeze into the top five. We're supposed to be about making yeah. money. But I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of companies where the engagement among employees increases if they feel like the top leaders of the company really care about them as human beings. And whether that comes across as a concern for health and wellness or a concern for safety or other things about treating people as people instead of just machines there to make money actually ends up in the long run creating higher engagement and higher profitability. So I think that that is a time and focus well spent. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think just, just leading by example in any, any, you know, whether it's health related or just how you do your business, I think is, is absolutely key. Uh, it means you're really walking the talk and people respect that and they see that. It makes you want to follow that person. But then it comes down to the practicality of, of just daily living. I mean, when you come into work and you don't feel good, you're tired. You know, it doesn't matter how motivated you are. If you don't have the energy to do it, it's very difficult. And if you can really focus your efforts on creating that culture that gets people, hopefully not working 80-hour work weeks, and, you know, getting home and uh, doing other things, you know, getting sleep, eating well, exercising, you know, being creative with how you do meetings, you know, have uh, walking meetings, for example, seems to be a a trend that's beginning. You know, if you can get people's energy levels up, you know, of course, productivity is going to go up, and then that obviously is going to have a very big impact on the bottom line. Absolutely. Chris, how can someone find out more or take the next step with MindBloom? Well, most people, consumer, you know, mm-hmm. users um, or you know, heads of HR groups can go to uh, our website, www.mindbloom.com, and, and try out our applications. So we have our web apps and our mobile apps um, that you can get from the, the various stores. So they can be used by anyone. Now, if a group does want to get more serious about offering kind of a custom solution uh, that leverages our applications, then, then they can contact our partner relations person, which um, is Benny, B-E-N-N-I-E, at mindbloom.com. Excellent. Chris Hewitt is the founder and executive producer at MindBloom, and we'll provide the contact information for him in our show notes for this episode, which you can find at engagingleader.com forward slash GC11, as in Game Changer Episode 11. Also, if you're playing the Game Changer series game, our clue for this episode is the letter A, as in Adam.
A as in Adam. As soon as you think you know the secret phrase, just email it to me at jesse at engagingleader.com. If you enjoy this series, be sure to check out the weekly leadership podcast, Engaging Leader, where my guests and I share more ways to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Until next time, remember, life is short, so keep it fun. You can find both Game Changer and Engaging Leader podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our website at engagingleader.com. To stay up on the latest news and trends in internal gamification, join the Game Changer group on LinkedIn. We'll automatically direct you to our LinkedIn group when you go to engagingleader.com slash group. Subscribe to our e-digest at engagingleader.com slash newsletter. When you do, we'll send you a free copy of Jesse's ebook, Eight Communication Tools for Leaders. You can also follow Jesse on Twitter, at Jesse Leahy, and like us at facebook.com slash engagingleader. Game Changer is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm that helps mid-sized and large employers attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at aspendalecommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Dustin Hartzler, our website engineer, J.J. Leahy, our video and web intern, and Peter McIsaac, who composed our theme music. 